And Iran knows that. And they've been put on notice. If you fuck around with us, if you do something bad to us, we are going to do things to you that have never been done before. Hey, y'all. This is Chris Roth here with Bushido Scroll with your weekly knock activism wrap up. Today, we're going to be talking about the coronavirus as usual and uh, touching on some early voting numbers that have been coming in, which are truly astounding. Uh, We're also going to be talking about the, shall we say, problematic fave uh, of every election cycle, uh, these lovely gigantic mailers that we all get. Um, Bushido, actually, you want to turn on your camera? (laughs) Oh, shit. My camera's not on. (laughs) Yeah, there there we we go. go. (laughs) Uh, yeah, and we're, we're going to go through There's been some interesting stuff that's been going on with um, both mailers and uh, some fun endorsements that have been happening. But let's uh, before we get too into it, uh, how's your week been going so far, Bushido? Uh, it's been going all right. It's been pretty busy. The election's obviously in full swing in a way like um, 100%. people aren't completely used to. Uh, and uh, apparently we're catching some heat from Ron Basilian and his crew, uh, which is to be expected, but they also are just absolutely terrible, terrible, terrible people. <laughs> uh, well, he likes to file a lot of complaints. Like, that's the thing is he files, he files a lot of complaints against everyone, even what? though... Like, he's really bad at following the rules. So it's a tried-and-true, like, tactic on his part. But, um, you know, it's just something you kind of have to deal with, especially when you're, you know, dealing with with people who ran in a congressional election where he lost by, like, 80%. Uh, and that <laughs> wasn't enough to tell him to go away. So, you know, he's stubborn. Like I've said, I'll give him points for, like, stick to Isn't he... He's trying to be, like, the Republican... Like, the chair of the GOP in his district, or I... I, Sure, I mean, why not? He ran against Karen Bass, right? Yeah. Yeah. He he lost against Karen Bass, like, incredibly, (laughs) like... He, he just, he lost so badly. It wasn't even funny. So, um, but yeah, I mean, we, I don't want to spend too much time talking about him. Um, <laughs> how's your week been going, Chris? What have you been up to? Oh, you know, same old, same old. It's, uh, there's, there's a lot going on. We had our, our lovely, <laughs> uh, our lovely live show, uh, on Wednesday, which was, uh, that was a, pretty fun. It was a marathon effort and it was, it was super fun. It was, yeah. it was, it was great. It was extremely informative. Um, I, I guess we're going to have to do round two coming up next week. Huh. Um, I hope or something. I don't know what we're going to be doing exactly with the live show knock at night for the rest of the, uh, election cycle, but well, we're doing, we're doing another, um, uh, what should we call it? We're doing another, uh, ballot one? show. We're going to, well, show, we're going to okay. finish off the, the ballot show and it sounds like we're going to have some guests for that one. Uh, oh, yeah. and then I'm not sure where we're going after this. Um, we'll figure it out. You know, we don't. We're anarchists, Chris. We'll figure I, it out. I love the the format that we're using right now. Oh, hey, look, Esme's <laughs> in the chat. Hi, Esme. Hey, Uh Thank you, Esme, by the way, for doing the incredible, uh, you know, translation of the live tweets when the city council is. Yeah, in that's really helpful. It's so fucking good. Uh, we we love it, and it is you know bringing some language justice to a space that absolutely does not uh, get the kind of. Uh, attention and um, you know effort from our yeah. especially from our elected officials that it so justly deserves. But yeah, it, it's you know it's it's been a, it's been a week. It was kind of nice not having uh, the live tweets on Tuesday and Wednesday. It does. I I feel more invigorated going into the weekend. I feel less like my soul has been drained from my body 
which <laughs> is basically the, the, the weekly ritual I do twice a week of trying to cover those damn things. Uh, and yeah. there wasn't even a supervisor's meeting this week because they were meeting in closed session on Tuesday morning <laughs> instead of the regular one. So uh, we'll see what happens next week. I believe the city council will be back in uh, full swing once again, and, and we'll get to see what folks are doing outside of uh, their re-election campaigns or elections to other office campaigns, uh, which we're going to yeah, touch on I a mean, little bit in a minute. <laughs> yeah, it's... It, you know, it seems like at the county level, at least, the only real action is between Holly Mitchell and, and Herb. Correct. Um, and we're going to like we're going to talk about that uh, a little bit. But before we get into like the weekly COVID updates, I do want to go ahead and pull up this graphic from uh, PDI, Hi. which is uh, da, 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 da. Uh, Political Data Incorporated. And that's a company um, or or Political Data Information, something like that. I forget. Yeah. And I'm, I'm too lazy to Google it at the moment. But they're a firm that basically tracks voting data and sells access to those databases to political campaigns um, and and uh, companies that are involved in like politics and lobbying and stuff in the state of California. And so they've been tracking mail-in ballots coming in. And so yes. as of yesterday, 1% of the state had voted, which is pretty unheard of this quickly in an election. Uh, I don't know if we can zoom in, but the one graphic I do want to zoom in on is the um, – the age group uh, down at the bottom. So it's like the bottom third, I want to say. Uh, and right uh, above like ethnic groups, like oh. that bottom third of it. Let me let me go Come ahead. On, Chris. Just, I can't do it live. Hold on. Uh, shit. Where to go? I can, can, I can, I can find the tweet from you that you sent he me. Can, he can put a, a literal unmanned capsule next to the ISS. <laughs> But he can't he can't crop a picture. Oh shush. It's because uh, of the way it's loaded in here right now. Alright, let me let me grab this. Save that. And then I will drop it in. This is you guys are getting to see this live. Uh PDI. I'll just call it the PDI. Bop, 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 I bop, probably could have just like did a screen share and pulled it up myself, but Oh you know. whatever. It's fine. Um oh actually it didn't load it in. That's super annoying. Hold on. There we go. We get to hear you making noises. Okay, it still isn't loading it in, so I'm going to do it manually. We can do this. It's live, folks. It's fucking live. <laughs> Just like Trump saying that shit on the air. That was fucking wild. It was pretty funny. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't I mean, bode well for anyone, but, you know. No, it does not. Um, all right. Especially me... the fact that, like, Rush Limbaugh is still around. I think society has moved past the need for Rush Limbaugh. Um, oh, yeah, in, absolutely. In a lot of ways. Like, he's Here, we'll, he's just bad we'll in pretty much there. every possible way, and I don't know um, why why he's still around. Um, I, or I don't why know either. He, he has a large audience. It's, it's uh, just totally it's baffling frustrating to me. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we can see the uh, there the, we go. Yeah. The so graph. Here. The, yeah. Um, anyway, so uh, Democrats are obviously dominating, which obviously like it's, you know, we live well, in California. This is but it's, but that, it's, that one's not. It that is a little bit surprising. Crazy. It's a little surprising not really, because what because no, it's not because when you look at like what um, what age groups and what ethnic groups are dominating that it's boomer white people who are sending in the most early ballots. So boomer white people, um, in a lot of cases are not that distinguishable from Republicans. 
Um, right, the fact that independents are voting, <laughs> the fact that independents are the next one is actually pretty freaking amazing. Like that's actually a really good sign. So I feel like there's probably a lot of Bernie voters out there who want to vote down ballot now have more options to actually do that. So, um, but overall, like people in uh, just around our age demographic, a little bit lower than, than you and I, um, sadly, we've, we've aged out of the really prime demographics for all marketing and, you know, political targeting. Woe is us. Uh, But anyway, so like millennials and the like oldest zoomers are still lagging on sending in their ballots, especially if they're black and especially if they're Asian, which is like, those are two groups that are generally underrepresented in our politics, especially in Los Angeles. And like, we need people to like step up and do stuff. And I feel like those numbers are going to pick up, especially with everybody getting their ballot at home. Um, so my my sample we'll ballot showed up like two or three days after my real ballot. That was fun. Well, just, just to plug something, yeah, my, my sample ballot did also showed up later, which I thought was funny. I'd already filled out my ballot, then my sample ballot came. Um, but, you know, I, you can always relive the thrill of it and just, like, do it again. Um, but anyways, <laughs> but anyways, uh, something we're going to plug at the end of the show, um, but that I'm going to talk about now is we're doing ballot parties. So if you want to, like, hop on a Zoom call with a bunch of other voters, talk about stuff, go through the ballot in your area, um, talk about, like, things you might not understand, clarify stuff, just, like, hang around, have a drink, and vote. Uh, we're going to, we, by that I mean Ground Game LA and Power, are going to be hosting a series of those starting on the 12th, pretty much all across the city. If you need Spanish language, it sounds like uh, Friday the 17th, or sorry, Friday the 16th and Saturday the 17th, we're going to have uh, Spanish language language uh zoom parties one of them hosted by uh our our folks out in pacoima uh so that's gonna be like it's gonna be a lot of fun it's a good way to get your ballot done it's a good way to make sure your friends get their ballot done and if you don't want to make one of these but you want to hang out with your friends and do that we can also like help you facilitate just hanging out with your friends like if you have a weekly like standing zoom call get your friends together on your weekly zoom call tell everyone to grab their ballot and like just drink your way through the ballot it'll be fine it'll be great it's the way slash not 2020 it's the way we used to do democracy like most humans aside (laughs) was done in a state of inebriation for a very long time uh until the miracle of coffee but anyways that's a different story (laughs) so let's talk Yeah, so so uh, Donald Trump is getting ready to host another super well, spreader event wait, at the White House. So be- wait, before, what? No. Be- before we do that, I, th- I think he already did. Um, that that definitely did already happen today. I was just going to say that there this was uh, there was an interesting facet to this information that came out that you are pointing out that yes, we have gotten one percent of these uh, ballots back in. Um, so it was actually interesting seeing political data uh, PDI tweeting about this earlier because. They had said they were pointing out like, oh, my God, we need to start our tracker. And uh, they were pointing out how back in 2016, it was 13,000 votes had been tallied so far at this point versus uh, at the time of this image, it was a quarter million. But they received another 21,000 or sorry, 20,511 more votes came in after they put up this little screenshot uh, 19 or so hours ago. Um, but then so they I got a... the I got the I got the tweet from the county registrar telling them that my vote had been received and will be counted. So that's yeah, this there's, I feel like so far I feel like the system here in California is working pretty well. 
Yeah, so they were saying, uh, 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 the follow-up tweet from PDI came, quote, well, this is a new all-male election, so that makes a, that makes some difference, right? It can't be 20 times higher just on its own, right, you ask? Checks notes. Um, 61% of Californians received a mail ballot back in 2016, so, okay, adjusting for that, we're only 12 times 2016, only. So that is a, a fantastic indicator of uh, actual voter interest and participation this go around and i'm excited to see what we're going to be getting out of it because uh that just kind of rules and you know the the more participation we have uh the less likely in a lot of circumstances incumbents um and republicans uh tend to suffer when there's a lot high voter participation here in la county and the the you know the state as a whole um, but yeah, let's uh, go from a slightly uplifting news story to a oh, devastating, uh, crushing one. Yeah, uh, I had something to say and then I forgot it. But anyway, so uh, <laughs> Donald Trump had his super spreader event yes. today at the White House. There we go. Uh, and this is on a day where California for the last week has been reporting more COVID infections. Uh, not just California, but Los Angeles has been reporting more COVID infections. Uh, today, there was an announcement that came out that 72% of the latest infections were people under the age of 50, which is a new trend that we hadn't really seen before, um, where even when young people were getting infected, old people were, were also still getting infected. Um, so that's a little bit of a new one. So let's talk about what's going on around the state in uh, this kind of like weekly roundup. Um, it's just getting grimmer and grimmer. Um, and it looks like California is steadily marching towards the 1 million deaths in this state um, alone milestone. Uh, 1 million cases, but yes. Cases, um, sorry. No, no, you're, 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 you're totally fine in, in confusing this. It's a um, devastatingly yeah. depressing thing to talk about every single time that we do this. So as of this recording, we're now up to 850,069 confirmed cases of COVID-19 in the state of California. Yep. 3,712 new cases confirmed yesterday, um, and we've had 636 as of 1.23 p.m. this afternoon, because that's the last time that LA Times updated their information before I checked it. Um, yep. We are now, sadly, at 16,511 deaths in the state. Oops, I'm clicking on the wrong thing. Sorry. Um, and, I mean, looking back at the... the, the um, the caseload, uh, it's, we have flattened the curve again, but in this instance, we were on the right trajectory, which was going down. And then everyone apparently stopped giving a shit about wearing masks again. And now we have flatlined and well, every time I mean, but that a we lot of, but a lot of, a lot of businesses opened up and I think you can't like discount that the fact that like so much of civil society started just going back to work. Uh, without any real guidance or, you know, forethought for that one. And a lot of people were seeing getting infected or a lot of people who are um, working service and retail jobs who have basically been forced back into retail environments where it's very likely that you're going to get infected. Just yep. the way that retail works in this country pretty much guarantees it. Yeah, so we're, we're not doing great here in the state of California. We had 75 more deaths from COVID-19 yesterday. Uh, again, we're yeah. over 16,500 deaths so far. Uh, in L.A. County specifically, we're up to 280,023 confirmed cases as of this yeah. recording. Uh, 1,256 new cases reported yesterday. 
We're up to a staggering 6,742 deaths in the county due to the virus, 14 of them yesterday. Our seven-day moving average is now dipped a little bit below 20, but uh, I don't know how long it's going to stay that way. Um, well, and, the, and, and flu season is almost upon us, so that's going to change things probably not for the best. No. Um, especially sure when it comes not. to hospitalizations yeah. um, and, and survivability rates. Uh yeah, I, if you haven't get your flu shot, like you should definitely get that sooner rather than later. Yep, um, I'm gonna go get mine next week. It'll be yeah, fun. there's like there's been some studies that sort of kind of point to getting it later means it lasts a little bit longer into the spring. But honestly, the worst parts of flu season are generally like December and January, and so if you get it now, you'll be protected for the part that's really going to overlap with COVID. So I would I would do that. I, I'm terrified of what's going to happen with this virus uh, over the next few months. Um, yeah, I think it's we're... not going to be good, especially if we don't get any sort of a relief package. Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay, well, that's going to send me down a really dark hole. Um, but, uh, the... yeah, you know what? So, oh, sorry, keep going. There's a couple couple more graphs, just to, just two more things. Uh, so our, our, our ICU beds, our, our available intensive care unit beds, uh, have definitely ticked down over the past week. We're down to 920. We were up over a thousand last time that we recorded this, uh, yeah. which apparently I forgot to send you audio files. So whoops, my bad. We didn't publish this on the podcast apps. Sorry, folks. Um, oh, by the way, we, we didn't really tell anybody that we had changed uh, the logo and the name of the podcast in the apps. So look for the knock one instead of the ground game logo, because it's always been the knock podcast. <laughs> He just uh, yeah. had our, our streams crossed, so to speak. Um, well, last... we're kind of rebranding everything at, at Ground Absolutely. Game to try and be more in the, the same centralized vein. Yeah, um, we're trying to, to, to get all know, of our we're, ducks we're in We're growing and changing. So, you know, <laughs> kind of a peek behind the curtain. But, yeah, we have – There you go. Even though we're anarchists, we have to have discussions about, like, hey, how do we brand this sort of intellectual property that none of us really owns? And yeah. it's weird. But, it's you know, fun. that's – one of the parts of the work it's, so, it's dumb as hell yes it is but uh, um when it comes to the uh the top what is this 10 2 4 6 8 10 top 10 counties in the L in california in terms of their per 100,000 people uh infection rates uh mm -hmm. we're still in the top 10 baby Jesus cool. Christ. Um, again, Imperial is still leading the way with Kings, uh, oh, like basically at half, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, Kern is at about yeah. half of the rate of Imperial and Kings is, uh, you know, chasing Imperial when it comes to how bad it can get. Um, you know, those are much smaller counties than, uh, LA obviously. Um, but it is, uh, this is a statewide problem and it's not getting any better because, uh, folks are apparently not taking it seriously enough with all those businesses reopening and a lack of PPE that's offered and everything else. So mm -hmm. it's a fucking mess. Um, and, uh, speaking of fucking messes, <laughs> we've got, uh, the state is still on fire. Yeah. We, uh, we have a bunch of current, I mean, we're not fires. Yeah, I was going to say we're not as on fire as we were. Cool, we're yes. currently only counting at <laughs> – we're only counting 25 fires in the state right now, which is significantly down. Uh, yeah. We've had our first fire to ever burn a million acres, which is the August Complex fire, which is pretty much the largest fire in the history of California fires, I believe. Yeah, it is. Hold on. Yeah, I'm going to – 
we're in a bad spot. You got you got something yeah. else? And it's uh, no, I just wanted uh, yeah, August Complex fire. Uh, and the August Complex fire was actually thirty fires that all came together to form that one absolutely massive blaze. But the last record year for uh, wildfires burning was 2018 when uh, they burned 2 million acres overall. Uh, right now we're at 4 Jesus million acres and climbing. Christ. We haven't even gotten to the end of October, November. Like, remember some of the biggest fires before this, the Thomas fire, um, it, those all burned across the holidays and into the new year. You know, uh, while the rest of the country sees like a lot of snow and stuff, there are some fires in Northern California that just absolutely rage uh, because of the hot, dry conditions that are created by the Santa Ana winds and then just the, the tinder fire conditions from the, the you know, nearly drought-like existence that is California, uh, or at least now. You know, it wasn't always this way. We've just kind of bled the entire, like, ecosystem dry. Um, but so, we like, we're going to have a lot of stuff burn. Now, what we aren't seeing this year as much is uh, houses burned um, because a lot of the fires that have been really destructive this time around were started by lightning strikes in very yep. wilderness areas. Yep. But again, like the Woolsey fire, the Thomas fire, all those really destructive fires, those yeah. were wintertime fires. So we don't know what this year is going to look like, but it doesn't look like it'll be good if it follows current trends. But so far, we've only lost a couple of hundred structures. And so far, I want to say about 40 lives, which is also higher than we were. Uh, 2018, which was the deadliest year, saw 85 people killed. Or no, I'm sorry, saw... Um, a little over 200 people killed, yeah, 85, 85 of them in paradise. Yes. Yeah, in paradise. Um, so we're not seeing the same sort of, we haven't seen the same sort of massive loss of life or loss of yeah. like actual, you know, buildings and stuff. But I feel we're like. Still, we're still early. Yeah. It's still early. Yeah, exactly. Well, and then like, you know, I was just thinking about this. So you get into like the, the Thomas fire and like the Woolsey fire and fires yep. that like stretched across like New Year's and stuff. And like, what fire season does that belong to? Ooh. You know, like, yeah, like our fire I mean, season so long, it's like it oh no. crosses the 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 oh, year break. So oh no, that's a cool right. one to think about. So, Thank um, you. but yeah, what? But so <laughs> speaking of, but so speaking of fires, uh, let's talk about uh, political mailers and stuff. And so yeah. we're like this one, like. This one's going to be fun because here's the thing. Uh, David Rue just kind of decided to attack ground game for no reason, uh, which is weird because earlier in the year he was talking about how he liked the people's budget, which like we're heavily involved with that, like super yeah. heavily involved with that, as was DSALA, as was Black Lives Matter LA. And then in a campaign email, Dave's campaign, it's not Dave that writes the emails, like, who are we kidding here? <laughs> but Dave's campaign called us radical and divisive. And, like, I think DSALA kind of nailed it when they're like, if it's radical and divisive to want housing for all, if it's radical and divisive to want health care for all, if it's radical and divisive to want everyone to be taken care of, then hell yeah, we're radical and divisive. And I feel that one very much. But I also got to say, like, one, it's hilarious Two, it's the Streisand effect because, like, I don't think his voters know who we are, and now they're gonna find out. And welcome, we're great, we're we're fantastic. You'll like it over here more. It's 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 a lot more fun, but it's it's 
also this weird level of negativity that doesn't make a lot of sense in a campaign that's largely been pretty positive. Like, Nithia's campaign has been a very positive campaign. And while there are criticisms of David Rue's policies, there haven't been a lot of criticisms of David Rue, like, personally. You know, there aren't a lot of attack ads like he's a shitty person. And there are things that have happened in his past that the campaign has decided they don't want to talk about because they would be too negative and that they would rather focus on policy. And that makes a lot of sense. It's just a lot of desperation at this point, especially because nobody knows how people are going to vote or what the time frame for that's going to be. There is no like, you know, 80 percent of the people are going to vote in this last like, you know, week or, or you know, 60 percent of the people voting on Election Day. Um, so we're seeing the campaigns kind of try and throw everything against the wall a little bit earlier than normal. So let's talk about some of these mailers that are going on. Um, and let's talk about some of just the other weird shady shenanigans, uh, that are happening all over, uh, the County and the state. Well, so before we jump into that, I actually, uh, you reminded me of that awesome video that came from, uh, DSA just, uh, just this week, they just put it out there in, in terms of supporting Nithia of their own volition. It's not something that's coming out of the campaign at all. Um, but I wanted to go ahead and play that really quick. Uh, yeah. the, they'll be able to hear this. You won't. It's going to be a little bit of a shit show. Uh, it's a minute long, and uh, check it out. Here we go. I lost my income because of COVID. Oh, no. Are your attendants unable to pay rent? I yeah, make us rent. go away. Don't worry, okay? Your back rent is still due after the moratorium ends. No, just, your landlord will get it from you eventually. That way. I don't have a job, so I don't have money. <laughs> have go. you thought about being homeless? More and more people are doing it. In fact, it's up 53% as of last year. And that's uh. before COVID. <laughs> so there's nothing. Well, if you fill out these forms, there we go. get you on the waiting list to fill out these forms, and then they get incinerated. This just says fuck you over and over. Yep. It's nice, right? Is this blood? No, that's just semen. Legitimately, they did a great job. Everyone should go check out that video, share it with your friends, because it's it's fantastic. That wasn't even the the better version of it. Um, the the full version is is just the other one I thought was was really good, but is a uh, quite a bit longer. Yes, and too too much too long for it to be on Twitter actually, because uh, DSA has not been authorized by Twitter to share longer than uh, two minute nineteen second clips, just like the rest of us. So. Uh, anyway, let's move on to those mailers that you mentioned because uh, y'all have been seeing these things coming through. Um, there, it's it's fun. You get random stuff like budget watchdogs. Particular favorite of mine, the cops voter guide, which it's really fun on this one because it's a um, uh, this organization does not represent any public safety personnel in white on white font on gold background. Um, it's a bit of a mess. So Mike Dickerson, uh, from K town for all put together an, a little thread that showed that these, these two mailers that he received, uh, that are virtually identical and have the same, uh, set of logos, the same set of endorsements, um, all across them, both came from the same address, uh, at 247 East ocean Boulevard, 
uh, Suite 685 down in Long Beach. Um, one of them is coming from uh, the uh, Feel the Burn Progressive Voter Guide, which is clearly trying to mark itself out as something that is Bernie-affiliated. Uh, and then there's also the, the, the Council on Concerned something or others. I, I don't remember what exactly it was. But uh, the point is that it's a bit of a shit show, and we've got all these mailers floating around. There was one in particular that uh, caught a lot of attention um, earlier this past week. I think it was actually on Monday, uh, where it came out and it very much looked like it was the Democratic Party's like official mailer saying, hey, go vote for these things. Like It, it said it was the California uh, Democratic Early Voter Guide. Uh, which is interesting because that's what it said on the top of the flyer. But then when you look down at the description of like in the fine print at the bottom, it actually is the California early voter guide. Um, Democratic is just something that they threw in for the mailer on the title portion. It's not actually the name of the organization, which, by the way, has taken tens of thousands of dollars from basically all of the different organizations, uh, propositions or campaigns that have been sponsored up at the top of it. The only one uh, and, and, and it's interesting because they, they indicate, um, oh, what was it? They try to pass themselves off as being affiliated with the same organizations that uh, that uh, endorsed Prop 21, uh, mm-hmm. which is a number of organizations that are, are all good. And they listed Bernie Sanders in there in addition to a bunch of other, you know, the California Democratic Party and a number of other organizations yeah. that are good and, 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 are, and are endorsing good things, right? Um, yep. And then they, they basically insinuate that everyone else who is on their mailer on that slate is also endorsed. But then... They add a little asterisk over there because that way they cover their asses when it comes to the legal fine print and they can say, oh, well, these are actually paid endorsements um, or paid recommendations, whatever the fuck they want to term it. And it's not actually uh, indicative of the endorsement process. It's just pay for play. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah. 100 percent. But um, it's it's really interesting because these were all going out there and, and it's all about who. Who puts in the tens of thousands of dollars to do it? Um, I dug through the entire uh, FPPC filing for one of them, and it was uh, not fun. Um, but so, it was very so informative. So let me let me ask you something though. Yeah, yeah. So is it is it only just shady private firms that do this, or are there like electeds out there that also make a lot of money doing this? Uh, there are people involved in the Democratic Party that get uh, paid a lot of money to do this. Um, it was the leading question. Maxine Waters <laughs> makes a fucking killing. Oh, really? No, I shit you not. Maxine wow. Waters makes a fucking killing selling slots on her slate. Wow. There's, yeah, it's, this is not something that's done by every powerful politician, but it's something that Maxine Waters has effectively done, and it has helped her consolidate power in South LA because A, people down there are so disenfranchised and B, there is such a power vacuum and it's so ignored by the, not just the party, but like the powers that be at the state, local and, and uh, federal levels of government. So she's been able to use that to leverage a lot of money and fealty from people who want to run in her neighborhood as it were. So yeah, like there, there are politicians that, that play that game as well. Yeah, absolutely. And then, I mean, you know, I get to see my my local politicians, establishment Democrats, um, you know, Jimmy Gomez definitely is sending out his stuff, making sure that you see him walking with John Lewis. Uh, and then like Miguel Santiago sends out his flyer that shows, you know, him 
distributing aid during COVID-19. Not that he's actually done anything uh, of any particular note to help people with COVID-19 up at the state legislature. Uh, yeah. because the entire state legislature ain't doing shit for us, but whatever, you know, it's, this is the, this is the, the way that politicians have interacted with voters in Southern California and across the state, uh, for years and years and years, because it is protected free speech, uh, that these companies are allowed to do this. Um, but they're, you know, the amount of the disclosure requirements on these, like, look at, look at the size of this thing, right? So it's all of this little tiny white text on a fairly light gray background that shows you who it is that's paying for the cops voter guide all right and it and it's it's not anything to do it's not an official political party organization uh appearance in this mailer does not necessarily imply endorsement of others appearing in the mailer nor does it imply endorsement of or opposition to any issues set forth in the mailer appearance is paid for and authorized by each candidate and ballot measure which is designated by an asterisk um, and so this one is actually in Folsom, California. Uh, let's see, huh. this one, this one's down in Torrance. Uh, this is actually from the prop 22 campaign. So I just don't care. And, uh, yeah, I mean that, well, the, the prop, t- the prop 22 one, the, it's gonna the prop... Thank you for indulging me in that. <laughs> before I was so before I was so rudely interrupted by your your little tri- no, I'm just kidding. Um, but at least like the Prop 22 one is the most legitimate one of those. Like that's the one that's actually coming from people who have to identify right. who they are and have more yeah. regulation versus I mean, like the cops too. one, which yeah, is yeah, like yeah. versus the cops one that's like we're not affiliated with any cops. Which you know they're not because it's literally just like two, it it's just two dudes in an office. It's just two dudes in an office being paid by like a bunch of dark money packs to like design and get this stuff mailed out. And it's it's very low bandwidth to like (laughs) yeah, it's very low bandwidth to like produce this kind of propaganda. Like that's that's one of the problems, especially as we move into like the digital age. Um, But it's also like Sacramento could just make this go away. They, they could. could make this go away so easily. Um, but so many of the consultants that they work with and that help like make them into the successful candidates they are, are wrapped up in this bullshit. Yeah. And so speaking of people who are wrapped up in this bullshit, um, Mitchell Farrell's uh, campaign director or some, someone who's heavily involved in his campaign, uh, Renee mm-hmm. Nahum. Uh, is, uh, as Mike Dickerson names her, the queen of misleading misleading mailers. Uh, Mm -hmm. She also has endorsed David Rue and has held a number of positions within the LA Democratic Party. Um, But she's, and her her name is associated with a number of these mailers that were going out and claiming to, you know, have the kind of affiliation with Bernie Sanders that they legitimately just do not have. Um, yeah. Speaking speaking of Bernie Sanders, by the way, I think it's uh, important to note that Bernie Sanders did weigh in on uh, a number of races here in Southern California, specifically uh, endorsing Nithya Raman for CD4. So uh, go fuck yourself, David Rue. Go fuck yourself. Yeah, no, I mean, that was a pretty good one. But it, it, it that one also is interesting because there was a lot of behind the scenes drama 
when Bernie was in town and was endorsing people in the primaries uh, as to whether or not he would endorse Nithio or Rue. And it was a lot of insiders in the party who pressured him out of endorsing Nithia because it wasn't an endorse Nithia or endorse Rue situation. It was yeah. endorse Nithia or endorse no one. Yes. And so he was like, he was convinced to take an endorse no one approach. This time around, he's not. I think, I think Bernie understands that, you know, outside of the Biden bullshit, because that one we just sort of have to treat like its own walled off, like, like, bullshit because that that's yeah. the only way it's palatable but aside yeah. from that like you really need to strike while the iron's hot on a lot of these progressive campaigns and like this is a campaign cycle that's going to make or break movement politics for a long while if movement politics candidates across the nation get slaughtered we're going to have a lot of thinking to do and it's really going to suck i don't think that's going to happen you know i don't think it's going to be an across the board win but i think we're going to see a lot of big wins and we're going to see a lot of things change and that movement politics is getting more refined and getting better at winning. Um, and one of the things we have to get better at winning about is actually winning and being okay winning because the way we orient our politics isn't about winning so much as it's about doing the right thing. And because the world we live in is so poisoned by like industrialized consumer capitalism, uh, winning is a selfish and greedy thing and it doesn't have to be. So, yeah, uh, end rant on that one. Yeah, no, uh, by all means, rant as much as you want on that. Um, speaking of ranting on things, uh, here is a fun little uh, comparison chart that I saw coming across the Twitter scene uh, from, uh, what's the name of this organization? It's the, uh, ba -ba -ba -ba, uh, the Working People Pod. Uh, so apparently yeah. there's a podcast out there called Working People. Um which is great. Uh, oh, oh shit. David Rue put our logo on a mailer and I'm just, yeah, I'm just seeing That's that. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Hold on. I need to save that one and uh, load it up. Like, because thank you. Thank you so much for the free press, dude. It's, it's great. That's amazing. Like I yeah. did not expect that we were actually, I knew we were on the website I just didn't realize that we were actually in a uh, a Rue mailer because that's that's just yeah. amazing. Let me go ahead and pull. Uh, why is it trying to? Why did it add an underscore large to the file type? That doesn't make any sense. Windows, what is wrong with you sometimes? Oh Jesus. Maybe it's because it's actually larger than the screen is going to be showing it on. Uh, all right, so before we dive into the amount of spending on all these propositions and uh, credit where credit is due, uh, the Working People Pod uh, put that together, and that is absolutely fantastic. Let me turn this one off and that one on. Bing! There we go. Uh, yeah, I, I, it's, I, I think it's really rich of David Rue to say that he has experience solving homelessness, given that homelessness went up by something like, what, 50, 60 percent in his district over the course of uh, his time. His 72 percent. Thank you very much for correcting me. <laughs> yeah, 72 percent since 2015. 
Yeah. Um, so it was fifteen uh, percent last year, and here's the thing. So in twenty eighteen, no, I'm sorry, in twenty nineteen, in the twenty nineteen point in time count, uh, homelessness in District Four was up fifty three percent. That got revised down to twenty four percent because they they went back and used the new methodology, and the new methodology is flawed in a lot of ways and is meant to undercount. Um, is supposedly they the people who are using it the like and LASA and the the researchers who are, are designing the methodology say it's better so that's the methodology we're getting going forward but you can see how knocking 19 points off of the district's um, homelessness rate rise is a pretty dramatic shift you're losing almost 50 percent of you know what the increase is year over year there but so it was 24 percent last year and then it was 15 uh, percent this year so the rate of increase is slowing a little bit if you believe those numbers, but that was also pre-COVID. And yep. I know it hasn't gotten better. Yeah, no, what a piece of shit. Um, but it, thank you for giving us the uh, the free press coverage. Um, love to see that logo uh, showing up uh, under Nithya's picture because we, that, you know, it's good for us to be associated with a good company like Nithia. That's fantastic. Uh, also kind yeah. of fun. There's definitely some red baiting going on. Uh, you know, that's a classic, classic move for the uh, quote unquote progressives here in Los Angeles to start throwing around the terms like socialism as a scare tactic for rich white homeowners to uh, freak out about. Um, but it kind of works some of the time. I just, I, I do, as as Ace is uh, responding to uh, people uh, posting this image in our group DMs, as we're doing this live, folks, we're doing it live, uh, Ace is responding yeah. that uh, it will be really great if people do Google us and, and show up and go to groundgamela.org uh, and go check us out to see what we're all about, because literally that landing page is some of the most wholesome, family-friendly shit out there on the internet, so welcome, join us, we're nice people. Yeah, no, it's it's like, it's it's weird because a lot of what it boils down to, and I've realized we get conflated with a lot of people out there, is they're like, people are mean to us on Twitter. And it's like, people are dying on the streets of Los Angeles. Like, yes, I don't, you're right. Like somebody used an F-bomb on Twitter when referring to your vote in the city council. Five people died on the streets of Los Angeles today. Like, yeah. let's, if we, if you can overcome the fact that you're responsible for five deaths a day on the streets of the city that you're governing, then we can talk about the F bombs. Like there's no, I mean, that's the only way I can put it. Like you, you say mean things to the LAPD Twitter account. It's like, well, they fucking shoot people all the time. Like they yeah. kill people. I don't, yeah. if they stopped killing people, I might not say mean things to them. I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, a lot of the people who call in and, and tell the council that they yield their time, fuck you. Uh, a lot of those people would stop calling in and saying, I yield my time, fuck you, to the council if they actually did the things that people are asking for. You know, defunding the police and putting that money into social programs that can actually help the people that live in this fucking city and not paying the cops, none of whom fucking live here. Yeah. That is one of those no, things that just drives me up the wall. So so Adam Adam Smith was posting on Twitter how he was uh, doing just like oh, a Oh, yes! Uh, because they were in Jackie Lacey's neighborhood in Granada Hills, which she technically lives in LA County. Like Granada Hills is like just inside the, the border. It's it's yeah. there. Um, but so 
<laughs> LAPD got called to observe, even though they like weren't there to protest or anything. LAPD had to go like watch them do their their lit drop and go door to door. When you've got and black Adam people gathering in numbers the, in Granada Hills, you well, need to have the well, cops. Like Adam, well, Adam's one of the white people. He's yeah, you know no. one of the folks who runs White People for Black Lives right. and does like a lot of good work around the city. Uh, but so he was talking to the cop and he was like, "Hey, don't forget to vote against Jackie Lacey." And the cop said, "Oh, I don't live in LA County." <laughs> like, <laughs> it's it's just it's it's oh, it sucks Jesus. no matter what. So like, not only here's the thing. So not only. <laughs> Not only so this is we're gonna circle all the way back to that cops flyer now. Watch this. We're going to we're gonna tie this whole it, tangent line it. together. Yeah, yeah. So not only was the cops flyer illegitimate insofar as they do not represent any actual cops, it's illegitimate even if they did represent cops in LA because none of those cops live in LA County. <laughs> Actually, that's, Anyways, a, that's a really great point because that's so, uh, a massive outflow of our tax dollars because LAPD is such a massive burden on yeah. the city of LA's budget. It's the extractive it economy. All goes out. It all goes up into you know Agora Hills and shit and uh, you know whatever the fuck other places all of these cops live and then they all commute you know forty miles down the one hundred and one to come into LA and 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 not get oh goddamn it fuck the cops. <sighs> All right, let's talk. Let's talk about uh, how much money people are spending uh, on the various propositions up and down the state, because this is a fascinating thing. And I think it's incredibly important for people to realize just how much money is going into all those incredibly disingenuous and uh, just straight up bullshit ads that you see everywhere, uh, specifically 22. Like, this is one of those things that if ever Californian democracy was uh, like just literally up for sale, it is with Prop 22. This is a case study that would be used no, it, for it, generations. It's, it's even worse than Prop 13 because like oh, yeah. Prop 13 made it so that if you want to raise taxes in the state of California, you need a 60% vote at the ballot box or a super majority in both houses of the state legislature, meaning that even though we have a democratic like super majority – uh, we can't get shit done. And Prop 22 would make it so any movements or any bills to amend Proposition 22 after it passes would need a 7-8 majority in the state legislature to pass. That means worker protections in the state of California are effectively fucking dead after Prop 22 happens. Yeah, it's it's insane. It's absolutely insane. Like we, we've already got the, the supermajority requirement for anything to change – uh, any taxes whatsoever because of Prop 13 to put in a seven eighths super super majority for anything related to changing uh, worker status is just like it's mind boggling. It's completely and utterly mind boggling. And and when you look at the type of numbers that are up here on the board, a real quick just as a side note, if you see Davida spending sixty million dollars to tell you to not vote on something, that is a sure sign that you absolutely sure as shit should vote for the thing that Davida is telling you to vote against. Because fuck Davida. Yeah, Davida uh, is pretty terrible. And like I've talked <laughs> about that a lot. I mean, at the same time, so. So this time around, DeVita doesn't need or I guess doesn't have the appetite for the spending that they had the last time around because they actually outspent – excuse me. They outspent the Prop 10 opponents 
who spent about $90 million, I want to say, $95 million. Uh, Davida and Fresnia spent $109 million opposing uh, Proposition 8 last time around, which was much Shit. heavier regulation. So that one was a much more direct threat at their business models and would have really upended dialysis care in the state. And I, I think, in my opinion, it was the better bill. Like, that one should have passed. This bill is kind of stupid and it kind of sucks, uh, but I still advocate for um, tripping Davida up all of the time, like yeah, every time they're every time. they're you know super villains. We don't Absolutely. need to let them get away with this bullshit. Yeah, fuck them. Um, so then on top of that, like looking at the fact that Uber alone spent almost fifty-one million dollars so far on Prop Twenty Two, Lyft spent forty-eight point three million so far, DoorDash forty-seven point seven million, Instacart twenty-seven point six million, and Postmates eleven point four million. It's no fucking wonder that we're seeing drivers out there going, oh, but like 22 would be good for me because all of this sea of information, sea of misinformation, of disinformation has been telling me that this is a thing that is good for me. And it's my boss that's telling me that this is good for me. It's fucking not. It's fucking not. Like this is so incredibly important to look at this and realize that this is wholesale just fucking over workers across the state, but specifically making a carve out for drivers on these apps, perpetually like guaranteeing that there is going to be like a surf status in the California economy that is gig workers. And then it sets that up to become a thing where it's like, oh, let's see, what's the Uber of X going to be? Like, what's the next thing that they're going to be bringing some kind of bullshit app in? We saw... One of David Rue's uh, backers is that company that's basically like, we're the Uber of evictions. What well, the one of the, fuck is up with one that of shit? His biggest, one of his backers is Dart Styrofoam Company. Oh, yeah. And there's a reason why the city of Los Angeles has not taken up a styrofoam ban, even though pretty much every other municipality that even leans slightly left has done that because it just makes sense. But no you know, straws. Like it, took, it took forever to kill straws, but I guess the straw lobby just doesn't have the money of the styrofoam lobby is what it comes down to. I think it's that the straw lobby is uh, they've got the sea turtle pictures with the straw up the nose and there's not an equivalent styrofoam picture that like pulls at the heartstrings, right? Like I still snip all of the, anytime I get a six pack, which now fortunately they all come in cardboard, which is much more recyclable uh, because the plastic sure as shit doesn't do anything. Uh, yeah. Like I, I still snip those little six pack rings whenever I see them. I just, I, I actually can't even remember the last time I got one with that, but like that image of like the turtle with like the shell that's been pinched down and grew because it got stuck and then it grew around uh, the plastic and it's now has a, a completely hourglass figured because of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sticks with you. Same thing with the straws yeah. up the fucking nose, right? There isn't something like that for a styrofoam cup that's just going to last for a million goddamn years in a landfill, right? We well, don't it's have not that. Though. That's the thing is it's it, – it's, well, we don't really need to get into this. We're getting a little bit too into the weeds on like – the the part the particulates of particulates as it were and so we don't we don't really need to to drill down and yeah and do that um (sighs) shit there was something i wanted to talk about that i am now completely spacing on let me think about this for a second so so what's kind of fun here is as i uh fill for time while you try to remember what it was that you were going to say before i uh derailed you uh oh i remember okay so (laughs) In our continuing um, um, 
<laughs> strained um, uh, uh, through line of LA's <laughs> second wealthiest literal billionaire supervillain. Uh, let's talk about Elon Musk's plans oh, to deliver shit. weapons to anywhere on the planet within an hour of the Pentagon asking. Um, no. And why that's terrible and how Chris should have gone back in time and killed baby Elon. God damn it. Why are we talking about this? I just uh, like, I just think it's fucked up. Like one, we should have all seen that coming. But two, uh, this is like legitimately supervillain shit at oh, this point. For, like for this is sure. straight up like out of the comic books, supervillain bullshit. Yeah, I mean, so there's like whenever I think of an orbital delivery system for like a weapons payload, I always think of uh, either the uh, what was it, the late '90s Bond classic of Goldeneye, which yes. does not hold up well. Does not hold up well is, at all. The game all. is great. The game is very good. Um, the movie is not so good. The game is amazing. The movie is just hot garbage. Um, but I always think of like the, the, um, the kinetic, uh, delivery system where they, they talk about putting uh, a satellite in orbit and then like launching tungsten rods, uh, down because you can effectively create, uh, the equivalent of a low yield atomic weapon with no radiation impact because it's literally just a rod of tungsten, which is super hard, super dense. And yeah. you just fire it down at the planet when you're over the target. Um, of course, yep. there, there's a lot of stuff that goes into that, but that's not what we're talking about here. What we're talking about here is that they could literally just strap whatever the hell they want on top of the rocket and then launch it up. And then the same technology that's used to take the rocket and flip it around and come back and land on a launch pad. You just change it and flip it and just keep on coasting in your ballistic trajectory toward wherever it is that you're going. And then you just fire on the controls that way. Uh, now it makes a lot more sense why it is that everything I worked on was covered under ITAR, the International Traffic and Arms Regulation, uh, which is basically saying like, hey, you work on rockets, it's kind of the same thing as working on missiles. But actually well, in this instance... You know, that's, that's one of the things that's built into to GPS is if you are traveling too fast, your your phone will stop, like its GPS chip will stop because it will assume you're an ICBM to travel at that rate of speed, which I think is like, A, kind of interesting, but B, yeah. um, also very paranoid, you know? But it, it kind of makes sense. Like anytime you're, you know, like when... When we were doing the space race, and I know yeah. a lot of you already know this, and this isn't like, you know, arcane knowledge, but when we were doing the space race, it wasn't actually about getting to the moon. It was more about being able to put a, a nuclear missile anywhere on the planet, and that's what rockets gave us the ability to do. And so that's like getting to orbit was really important because once you can get a payload into orbit, it's much easier and cheaper and faster to target anywhere you want it to go. Yep. Um, and so that's why the first time the U.S. launched a rocket, Eisenhower literally had them put a sandbag in the nose cone so it fell just short of breaking orbit because he wanted to show the Soviets, we can do it, but we're not going to do that extra step because that would freak you out too much. But we still actually have the ability to do that. Like our scientists know that this rocket would make it. And well, it's our scientists and it's the fucking Nazis that came over. Who did I it. mean, hey, we got to him first. What did I? <laughs> what can I tell you, Chris? <laughs> we, you know? we did. We did the extraction first. <laughs> I like. I don't know what to tell you. You know. Um, How did we get into this trajectory? <laughs> anyways, well, no. My point was going to be. 
pretty much anything that can put something that high up into like oh, yes. um, yeah, yeah. the space above us it could be weaponized fairly easily like just so one of my favorite philosopher deaths was a guy who was just walking through the plains of Greece and a golden eagle saw him and mistook his bald head for a rock and dropped a turtle on him because the way the the golden eagles hunt is they drop turtles on rocks and it cracks them open and then they eat them and so it saw this guy walking through the desert was like that's a rock hit it with a turtle and the dude died um from being assaulted with a turtle so but anything dropped from a high enough a yeah exactly but anything <laughs> dropped from like a high enough position uh, is kind of dangerous to you especially when you like Absolutely. you know put a put a, a fission bomb on the end of it well i think that the reason why it's so terrifying for the elon stuff is because you can actually launch something that's relatively delicate and have it land intact and usable. So it's kind of, it's yeah, less... it's, it's kind of super villainy like today. Oh, in, now. No, it's, it's just like in fucking starship troopers when they're doing yeah. like the troop deployments and they just land and it's like, Hey, look, we're here now, except that it would be with like a fucking weapon on top. And that's God damn it. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, those are those are good developments, <laughs> but that's not really connected to everything that we were talking about today. But it sort of is, because for some reason Elon Musk keeps being given billions of dollars in our money to solve problems that we don't have in ways that we didn't ask for, um, and it's just not very helpful. And a lot of the way that we uh, get away from that, and the, a lot of the way we like immediately chop the number of billionaires in our city without actually producing a body count is to elect politicians like Nithya and Fatima and Godfrey and Constantine uh, and um, not really Biden or Kamala Harris, but, you know, the alternatives. Uh, but towards <laughs> that end, we have a bunch of voting-related activities to uh, to chat with y'all about here uh, and also a bunch of other uh, goings-on this week because things are getting really, really busy as we get towards uh, arguably the most important election of our lifetimes. You want me to pull up the volunteer information? Let's do that real quick. Yeah, let's go ahead and do that one. It's, here we go. So you talk about this for a minute. Yeah, there's phone baking happening every single day if you want. Uh, for Nithima. For Nithima. <laughs> for Nithia, for Fatima, and for Godfrey. Uh, Nithya obviously running in, in Council District 4. Fatima Iqbal Zubair, who's running in AD 64, which is down around uh, South LA. And then Godfrey Plata, who is running in uh, AD 53, which is downtown Koreatown, East Hollywood. If you're kind of a ground game person, there is a good, good chance that he represents you. Uh, but then we've also got some ballot parties going on. Uh, we've got one going on for Measure B over on uh, over in Culver City uh, and just sort of for the whole West Side. So if you want to get in on that one, go to bit.ly slash Culver Votes 2020. Uh, we also have one uh, for Power and Ground Game that's going to be going on based out of Pacoima on uh, Friday the 16th. The Culver City one's going to be on the 17th. Uh, we'll also be blasting out details about Burbank-based uh, ballot parties. And again, if you want your own, reach out to us, hit us up on social media. We can totally get that set up for you. Uh, it's not that hard. We have like a, a paid Zoom account. We can do all sorts of fancy stuff uh, like that with it. And that's the entire point of having fancy stuff like paid Zoom accounts. So what yeah. else do we have going on, Chris? Uh, well, I actually wanted to recommend something for folks because this is, uh, A, it's just fucking gorgeous. Uh, K-Town for All put out 
uh, the their grading uh, scorecards for all of the candidates mainly focused on like the issues surrounding the uh, four almost we're heading towards five deaths per day of unhoused individuals within the LA County. Um, the only candidate that got an A in this grading system was Nithya. Uh, I believe. Oh, no, no, no. Um, no, Godfrey got an A as well. He got an A minus. He got an A minus. David Kim got an A minus. I think, and okay. Fatima doesn't count in here because uh, they only She's did. Yeah. They yeah. only did candidates that are actually uh, jurisdictionally covering K Town. Um, but yeah. it's it's a beautiful set of graphics, and I'm I'm thrilled to see it. Uh, I think that they did a particularly good job on Herb Wesson, um, and I would love to see K Town for All selling uh, like uh, plushy merch of each of these because that would be fantastic. Um, but yeah, there there are lots and lots of opportunities for everybody to get involved in these in volunteering for these campaigns that will actually make a difference and will actually turn the tide uh, and make this city a much more pleasant place for all of us to live in. Uh, yeah. it, it would be fantastic. Get out there, go uh, pound the digital pavement for Godfrey, for Fatima, for Nithya, for Constantine, all of these candidates that are going to help save us from the fact if, that if none of the rest on, of them seem to give a shit. If you're out on the West side, uh, connect with Culver city, excuse me, connect, connect with Culver city together, Culver city together.com. Uh, we're working yeah, to keep ranking really progressive candidates on the ballot. It's going to be really, really interesting. So I'm excited. Uh, I can't wait to, uh, keep this movement going across the city. Uh, and then what else do we have going on this week, Chris? I feel like Whew. there's a, a decent amount of stuff happening. There's always stuff going on these days. Uh, it's a lot of it is digital. I will be back here again, Tuesday and Wednesday next week doing the live tweets. I really hope that Esme, who was, has been with us for part of this podcast, at least, uh, will be joining, excuse me, will be joining me on Wednesday to do the, uh, the translation live tweeting. Uh, that'd be fantastic. Uh, there is going to be again, a, a round two of the knock voter guide show coming up this Wednesday. Uh, I don't know if we're going to be starting that at seven or if we're going to push it back to eight again. My guess is seven because it's probably going to have to be seven, long yeah. and loose and all sorts of fun. Join us. It's great. Honestly, it's legitimately yeah. the most fun I've had on a Wednesday evening in quite some time. Uh, it's, it's, it's wonderful. Um, we're going to be again, having some more, uh, Jackie Lacey protests happening on Wednesday. Uh, bring your ballots with you. There is going to be a, mm -hmm. a march to the ballot box to go drop off ballots every single Wednesday for the rest of the election cycle. Uh, and I believe there's even going to be a Jackie Lacey protest happening on election day because literally that's what this has been all about for the last three years is Jackie Lacey, do your Getting job. Oh, wait, down. Jackie Lacey, you won't do your job. So fuck you. You got to yeah. go. Uh, and I got to say, like the the couple of um, debates that her and Gascon did were not. Uh, she did not come out looking good. Um, and very shortly after all those debates, uh, everyone dropped their endorsement of her. Like every <laughs> single like, except the for rats David are Rue. Fleeing David the Rue, ship. David Rue, <laughs> yeah, David Rue has not rescinded his endorsement, but Herb Wesson has. Uh, Mayor Garcetti did. <laughs> yep. Like that was the one. That's when I kind of knew it was over for Jackie Lacey when Eric Garcetti was like, you know what? You're too radioactive to touch. And he has stuck by her through some pretty heinous stuff. So yeah. like for Garcetti to see the writing on the wall and be like, Hey George, what color do you want the drapes? Uh, I thought it was a, it was a pretty good sign. 
Oh, I love it. Uh, so it looks like, sadly, Esme is not going to be able to do any live translations for me on Wednesday. I'm seeing this popping up in the chat. It's okay, Esme. We totally understand you are doing amazing work. Keep it up. Uh, we'll we'll look forward to having you back on the live tweets again here after the election cycle is done. We all need to take a break. Everyone should just take like a break and not do anything political for like the entire month of December, except that everything is going to still be on fire and horrible yep. and we're going to be doing this anyway. So what am I kidding? Uh, we're going to, we're not stopping. We can't stop. There's yep. nothing, there's nowhere to stop. Like this shit's going to pe- keep going. We're going to need to keep covering it. So fuck whatever. Uh, but yep. do, do take care of yourself, protect your mental health because it is critically important, especially during this time where everything is super stressful. Like the, the one of the things that, can absolutely lead to you getting sick and, 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 and running into deeper issues with flu and everything else that's going to be coming down the pipe here in the next couple of months is if your body is super stressed out and you're not taking care of yourself, you're not getting enough sleep, it will negatively impact your health physically. So do take care of yourself. Do take care of your mental health. It's just as important as your physical health. And uh, it's one of those things that's easy to neglect because we're all doom scrolling all the fucking time right now because Oh my God, a million things happen every fucking day. Like who knows who's going to end up getting COVID next in the white house, right? Who's like, what's going to happen? How many members of the Senate judiciary committee are still going to be alive in three weeks? Who knows? Like shit's wild. So, uh, take care of yourself, take care of your loved ones, uh, be safe and go volunteer with as much energy as you've got to spare for these candidates and make the city and the world a better place because you're awesome. Thank you. Yes. I think that's all I got. Uh, do, we have, do, we have, do we have anything else coming up? Uh, nothing that I got on the map. Uh, we got right. regular Thursday well, meetings. Uh, yeah, let's, uh, <laughs> let's wrap it up for the week. It's been kind of a, a, kind of a weird one, but uh, yeah, whatever. Just got, got more work to get to myself. So as always, if y'all have any events that you want us to be taking part in, publicizing, or just being made aware of, please send us a message. You can reach us through the Ground Game LA Facebook page, Ground Game L- at Ground Game LA over on Twitter, on Instagram, whatever, uh, at Bushido Squirrel, at Christopher Roth. We're not hard to find. This podcast and every Ground Game podcast is a production of Knock.LA. Support our work over on Patreon at patreon.com slash knock underscore LA. Uh, you can check the description of this podcast for sources, links to action, social media links, all of the usuals. You know what's going on. Thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, take care of yourselves. Take care of your families and uh, all your loved ones, your friends, everything. Uh, just go do the things. You're amazing. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, have a great night. <laughs>